Today's episode of the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling is dedicated fully to the memory of the legendary and one and only American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. But anyway, I know you, I got to go and you guys got to go, but uh, you don't want to miss this thing. Man. We need the money. We need the wall. We need the history. We need the memories. And uh, Joe's trying to make that happen, and we all want to pitch in and make that happen, as you guys have here. So I'm very, very excited about it and being able to talk to you and you spread the word on it. Well, Dusty, it's been our absolute pleasure and our dream come true. And we didn't get a chance to talk about all the great moments, including, and how can we forget, your epic turn on WCW to join the NWO. But that'll be a different talk for a different day. That was not epic. That was a bullshit thing I did in one night just for the hell of it. That wasn't even epic. That wasn't even a turn. I mean, come on. I wanted just to prove that night that I was just sat back there with his mouth open and the people nearly had a riot when I turned. On Larry Zabisco, of all people. Holy Christ. Let's do your Hall of Fame speech again. Let's go for 90 minutes about Bruno at the swimming pool and you in the hedges. Um, anyway, I appreciate it. And like I Thank say, you, the 11th this week, you got to be there. It's a special moment for the building, for us, and for the history of, of what it meant to Florida. And hopefully the kids can understand a little bit more about the way I feel about it, and obviously you guys and history of our business. So thank you very, very much, guys. Talk to you thank later. You, Anytime Dusty. you want to call me about something else, next time just bring money. It'll be different. Obviously, I'm doing this as well, but <laughs> no. It sounds good. Thank you, kids. All right. Thank All right, you, Thank you. American God, this is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip Podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Woogie Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there, this is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show. Now, I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Uh, hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. 
They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two men power trip of I want to talk to my son in front of the whole world. When you were born, when you were a baby, when you were born, I went off to seek my fame and fortune. I neglected you. Then later on, when I became world heavyweight champion, I neglected you. Then lately, I became this corporate cowboy, if you will, in public with a suit and tie on, and I neglected you. And when it came down to choose a partner, I was off in Hollywood, and I neglected you. Let me tell you something. Buckhouse Buck. Let me tell you, Colonel Parker, they all nothing but chicken thieves. That's all they are, brother. Terry Funk is nothing but a low-life, watermelon thief, egg-sucking dog. And let me tell you something about Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson, my son, offered up his innocence, and you paid him back in scorn. The hell with you, Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson has never been nothing but a walk behind her. And when you walk behind and you're not a leader, then the few never changes, baby. The few never changes, baby. The few never changes. You have the ability to be the world's heavyweight wrestling champion. There is not a greater athlete at your age in this sport. But I, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask you a favor in front of, I put God in the whole world. I don't want you to look for another partner. I don't want you to go and find another man. I don't want you to go out and get on your knees and bag another scum-sucking pig to be your partner. I'm asking you if you can tear this old out of shape, old bent out, old spindle legged man. I want to be your partner. I don't need no handshake because out there right now tonight, there's there's people with their brothers, their sisters, and their wives. They are blood. The Kennedys were blood. The Earths were blood. The roads are blood. I don't need a handshake. What I need now from you is just a rock and a kiss to feel the deal, baby. wrestling and you are listening to episode number 401 of the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast if you didn't know by now my name is chad and as always i'm joined by my tag team partner the one and only jp john paz and celebrating a big one today coming off our 400th episode we are so proud to welcome you to the dusty roads tribute episode that we work so hard on every year to bring this 
special episode to you and uh i'm very happy to welcome you to this because this is a long time coming to present you with today's guest the son of dusty Rhodes, the son of a son of a plumber the one and only dustin Rhodes, joining today's program and there's a lot of words that you can use to describe the dusty Rhodes tribute episode i think for us it's mostly emotional uh the dusty Rhodes interview which we talk about pretty much as much as we can uh, helping us really, uh, I don't know, turn the page, so to speak, in terms of what we were doing with this podcast and thinking back all the way to 2015 and the interview of Dusty Rhodes, followed by the passing of Dusty Rhodes. Every single year around this time, it is always reflection. And John, I'm going to welcome you in here right now. Uh, we came off our 400th episode, which was a giant milestone for us, uh, talking to somebody who knew Dusty Rhodes just about as good as anybody did in Arn Anderson, but this year really pulling out all the stops and uh, to secure an interview with the natural Dustin Rhodes, Dusty's son. I think this could make this the most special uh, Dusty Rhodes tribute episode that we have done to date. Absolutely agree. Just awesome to be able to get on Dustin. You think about all the possible guests, like, oh, this guy or that guy talking about Dusty. I mean, who could you get uh, talking about his past? Could it be an old friend? Could it be this? There is nobody better to talk about Dusty than his son, Dustin. Just the absolute perfect guest for this, not only the show, but this actual tribute episode. Just, man, it fit like a glove. It was just unreal to be able to just you know reach out to dustin is you know you know reach back out right away say definitely would love to do it you know you know be honored to do it so just to be able to connect that way with him is just unreal and this episode itself is just you know it's emotional you got some funny moments you got some uh, real you know points of, of real good information some real key stuff about not only dusty the wrestler but of course dusty the father you know dusty the human if you will. So it's just so, so cool to get Dustin on just to talk about a myriad of topics. I love how we kind of almost start at the beginning and growing up and, you know, Dusty being his dad. And then you go into, did Dusty want to be a wrestler? You know, who did he want him to avoid? Who did he want him to emulate? And then kind of Dustin taking his own path, always listening, but still being Dusty's son, but always listening to the other wrestlers, you know, as, as he says, don't be an asshole, you know, listen to the other guys, you know, be very, very cognizant about what's going on. Try to create your own character, create your own self, create your own path and make some moves in the business. But listen to the experts, listen to the senior wrestlers, listen to the guys that have come before you, listen to the veterans. And I just love the fact that not only did he kind of try to emulate his father, but also guys like Barry Windham and st stuff like, um, and, and, and obviously with guys like Arn Anderson and things like that. So it's Dusty kind of showing him the way after initially not really wanting him to be in the wrestling business, but showing him the proper way. And then Dustin himself kind of adapting and learning his craft and really, really doing things the right way. And we kind of talk about maybe emulating Barry Windham a bit, which definitely you could tell he definitely did and a lot of similarities, but he was such a natural. I, you can't even think of a more perfect nickname as as a Dustin in the interview. Such a perfect nickname. He really was a natural. Go back and watch him. You know, go back and watch some old matches. Like, man, he got it right away. Whether it's you know, natural instincts, uh, being intuitive, being smart to the business, being Dusty's son, you know, that kind of 
heredity, if you will, you know, just being passed down to him where he really just got the business right away, became a natural, so to speak, in the wrestling business. I just love talking to him about that because nobody fits their nickname more than, than Dustin really did. And obviously another guy obviously would be his father being that American dream being that man of the people being that common man and we talk about all that in the interview this was an absolute blast and like i said chad such an honor that dustin would do this for us oh absolutely and we've really gone above and beyond to make sure this is a special episode in years past by either putting collections of clips together of, of past guests talking about dusty or taking the singular guests and talking about dusty with them exclusively for this episode and we've done it with Tully Blanchard and we've done it with Nikita Koloff and and we've done it with uh with Magnum TA and we've we've done this in such an emotional way where you know having Dustin on really signifies I I feel almost the cap of this episode because you're not going to feel this emotion in any other year except for this one coming off what Dustin obviously just came off of in the AEW pay-per-view with Cody and the emphasis on Dusty throughout that show, and obviously the symbolism of Dusty and Cody with what's going on in AEW and booking the shows and putting together this management structure and kind of reminiscent of what Dusty did for so many years, either down in Florida or with uh, Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, So I feel like this was really the perfect time to have Dustin on the show. When you mention a guy like Barry Windham and you think about all those guys from that era, of WCW, of Florida, that had the connections to Dusty and how they all kind of stick together, you know, whether they were bad guys, like in the case of last week's guest, Arn Anderson, loves Dusty to death, or a J.J. Dillon, who on TV hated Dusty's guts but respected him so much and worked hand-in-hand with him. It's so cool to see how every single one of those little things you put in the blender, mix it up, it all comes back to the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. He's just obviously one of the best and one of our top, top interviews that we've done. And the name Dusty Rhodes is obviously synonymous not only with the wrestling business, but think about those promos and and talking and being one of the greatest talkers of all time. And what you alluded to was that Cody Dustin promo where Cody went back to the view never changes. The view never changes on Anderson is a walk behind. That was so great because obviously that Dusty Dustin promo from WCW was so epic and you'll hear it obviously in this episode one of the greatest promos of all time if not the greatest it's in my top three just one of my absolute favorite promos ever so good and you get the goosebumps listening to it you get emotional listening to it when you watch it and he embraces Dustin and gives him that hug it is so powerful it, you know, it transcends wrestling. It's really very, very powerful stuff. And I love that Cody did that at AEW, obviously a homage to his father doing the view never changes. And Dustin's still playing that same role where he's the one getting the hug and he's the one that, you know, he wants him to team with him. I mean, I just, just absolute perfection. I, I love what Cody did there. Love when you go a little old school, and when you go a little old school, and you nail it, and you hit the nail on the head, and you get that awesome promo. Nothing is better than that. And I, I love Cody's promo so much, but you know, nothing was going to touch the original. The view never changes. So good. And Dustin does talk about that awesome promo. Obviously, he talks about AEW as well, but he talks about the view never changes. It is so so good. And I love that last week on the show we had Arn Anderson talking about the view never changes because Chad, you know, he is the walk behinder. 
<laughs> he is the walk behind her, at least in that promo. But uh, yeah, we've I mean, in past episodes, like I said, we've talked to Arn about Dusty, and I just love to hear what everybody has always had to say about him. And before we wrap it up and we get into this tribute episode with Dustin, you know, I like to reflect on it every year. You know, we get to have a little clip that's played off the top. And obviously we want to thank WWE for their part that they play in this episode every single year. Uh, and getting to hear that clip every year, it brings you goosebumps. But, John, let's take you back to 2015. And uh, if you could really you could look in the crystal ball four years down the road, 400 episodes in the books, could you ever have imagined the dream's impact on this show? Definitely, definitely not. I mean, when we first initially started talking and got very comfortable and very friendly with him, and I've said it to Dustin, I've said it to many guys, even Tommy Dreamer, who was close with Dusty and many different guys, he always made you feel like you were very, very close to him. Like you were almost like friends and I didn't know him that well, just a few conversations before we started, but he really made you feel comfortable, made you feel like friends. We were joking around saying that we're just a bunch of marks that just, uh, you know, love wrestling, obsessed with wrestling. He said, no, 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 baby, you guys are wrestling historians. So I just, that always stuck with me. That just thought that was great. And if anybody says we're a mark, I just say maybe, but uh, Dusty Rhodes said we're wrestling historians. So I'll go with Dusty on this one. But, you know, just it's just thinking about it, man, what an impact he's had on the show. Uh, the amount of you know, topics that we're able to discuss about Dusty, you know, just him kind of leading to bigger and better things as far as us keep building our brand and building our name. And that was all because he pretty much put us over. And I love the fact that he did that. And he, you know, he's so giving and like he, anybody from NXT or any wrestler that worked with him or any wrestler that was, you know, learning from him or were booked under him he always made everybody better and he made you feel good about yourself and that was the thing that was about dusty always made you feel good i know he gave us a confidence boost after we interviewed him he was so cool and he was so great and he was so gracious with us and gave us a, a you know fair amount of time and awesome as far as giving us info and giving us good stuff and really really being into the interview so he was so cool and just to be able to four years later have all these great guests come along the pike have a bunch of great interviews tully blanchard magnum ta you know you had superstar billy graham as well and nikita koloff talking about dusty in their tribute episodes and of course the biggest one that we've had is his son dustin rhodes the natural coming on and talking about his father. So, I mean, who, who knew four years ago that this was going to happen and that, that this was going to become what it is with the annual Dusty Rhodes tribute show. You see, and you hear a lot of other Dusty Rhodes tribute show, and I love them all. And I think that's great. But this one really, really is the most impactful, I think, because we had the last interview really made that connection with him. We were able to continue a yearly annual tradition of having this tribute show and always trying to make it great and always trying to make it the best we can and always trying to get the best guests. And you cannot get a better guest than one of my favorites and one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, one of the most natural, gifted wrestlers of all time. And, of course, I'm talking about Dusty's son, Dustin. Absolutely. Yeah, this interview really, again, put us on the map. You know, has, has garnered us a lot of attention. Every time we talk about it to somebody, there's always that, wow, really? You know, that's the, really the first uh, reaction anybody has. You know, the uh, <laughs> it's opened up a lot of doors. It's closed a lot of doors as well. So we'll throw that uh, that, that one in there a little bit too. But, you know, look, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I hope everybody enjoys it. 
I want to thank everybody for downloading episode 400 to get you to episode 401, and we will get this show on the road. But before we do, remember that the Triple Threat Podcast, the other show that we would have on our podcast feed, has moved over to Vince Russo's brand, the Realm Network. You can head over to Russo'sBrand.com to subscribe to the Triple Threat Podcast in audio and now video. So that is a cool added incentive to that. Do not want to forget the Triple Threat Podcast as we, uh, hey, we've talked about Dusty with Shane Douglas many a times and the impact that he had on his career, again, is unparalleled because that shows you the impact of the American dream. And after this episode is done, hopefully you feel that impact just like we have, just like the millions around the world has, and also the son of the son of a plumber, the one and only Dustin Rhodes. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Rasslin Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. And now, without any further ado, a two-time WCW United States and Tag Team Champion, a three-time WWE Intercontinental and Tag Team Champion, you may know him as The Natural or Gold Dust. He is Dustin Rhodes. Please enjoy. But he had to do it his own way He did it with courage, strong will Now just look at him today He's walked out of the shadows And he's blazing his own trail He told him from the beginning That I'll never fail Now they're calling him natural He's natural as can be They call him the natural It just comes naturally He's the son of a son, son of a gun. The Halston Rodeo Bulldog, that's a natural one. Now he's sitting in the saddle, and he's riding real high. It's been a long, hard battle. Now it's his turn to shine. He looks to the future, 
but he won't forget the past. He's living proof the American dream still lasts. All right, joining us online right now for the annual Dusty Rhodes Tribute Show. One of the all-time greats. He's a former three-time Intercontinental Champion of the WWE, as well as a three-time Tag Champion, two-time WCW United States Champion, and, of course, a two-time Tag Team Champion as well. He is the natural. He is goldless. He is Dustin Rhodes. Dustin, welcome to the two-man Hey, man. Uh, Thanks for having me, bud. How are you? I am doing great, even better now that you're on the phone. And, of course, this is our annual Dusty Rhodes tribute episode. Just unbelievable to get you on, uh, of all people, obviously, being Dusty's son. What was it like growing up as a Rhodes? Ah, man, he's bigger than life. He's always bigger than life, and I wanted to be just like him, man, just just, uh, watching him, going to the the matches occasionally. Um, You know, my father and mom divorced. And I lived with my mom, but, you know, every time I was with dad, he'd take us to the shows, and I fell in love with it at an early age, and just, um, I really wanted to pursue that, and, you know, it just kind of, one thing led to another, but it, it was, he's larger than life to me, he was my hero, and I wanted to be exactly like him, and do everything just like my father did, you know, because that's how much he meant to me. Was that a ton of pressure, kind of like when you get into the wrestling business and you're following in, you know, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time easily, you're following his footsteps. Is that a lot of pressure? Uh, you know, it might have been. I just didn't realize it because I was told by my father, because I think he raised me right, to keep my mouth shut, to listen. These guys are going to try to help you to listen. Don't don't be an asshole, basically. <laughs> and don't. Don't uh, stir up a hornet's nest. Go out there, pay your dues. And I know times have changed a little bit to an extent, but I, I'm a, a firm believer in paying your dues and listening and keeping your mouth shut to all the, those that are trying to teach you and know much more than you uh, lead you in, a, in the right direction. And I was never treated like uh, Dusty's son, man. we got to stay away from him back in the day. And I was young, so I didn't really see the pressure. I was having fun. This is what I wanted to do. And, and Dad was giving me the opportunity to do it. But he did send me to Florida Championship Wrestling for the first couple of years where I really paid my dues and, and made $20 a night and scraped by. But I had the funnest time in my career back in the, those days. And I was just uh, a sponge for wrestling and, and learning and looking at the old things and learning new new moves and trying to trying to uh get my style down and my charisma my my uh um character you know and and it just started growing man and it became the natural man it's so true about you the natural it's a, such a perfect nickname and was that something that dusty gave to you he was and that was cool for me, but right then, you know, at that, that point, I was like, oh, man, I got a name. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not just Dustin Rose. I'm the natural. And this is like, and I knew that Butch Reed was the natural. And, you, you know, it's like, man, those are tall, tall shoes to fill because Butch, what a hell of a worker he was. And, you know, it was just, I was given that name, and I just did my job and did what Dad told me to do. And he didn't push me to the moon like you know, um, like some people have gotten pushed with their 
their their sons or or what you know and it just uh it was it was done well and dad handled it very well i handled it well i did my job i grew i excelled in the business because i love it it's it's a, it's a huge passion to to you know this business is like so near and dear to my heart and our family's heart and cody's and peels my sister Kristen. We all love this business. We eat, breathe, and shit it. And it's just, it's the best. We love it. Man, I just can imagine you coming up. And, you know, you mentioned, like, other kids, they get pushed and they're really not that good. But you're getting, you know, paying your dues. But when you do start getting a push, it, it feels like it's deservingly so. Is that something your dad was always kind of hard on you about? He's like, I want you to deserve it, and I want you to, you know, make sure you earn it. Uh, very much so. And. There were times where, you know, I got a little big-headed and thinking to myself, well, why am I not in this? But it's like, you know, you got to, you have to bring yourself back down to earth and you got to check your egos at the door, you know, and it's, um, it's, that's, a, that's a hard, hard, those are hard lessons to learn, you know, when you think you deserve so much more than you're being given and you, you just like, but you, you really don't. And it's like you see it that way, so your ego is just really taken over, and you know, so learning curve that everybody has to go through when they get in the industry and the business. And some people get it, some people don't, and some people still fight it to the day, and they're not successful. I think that that's something to be said to like really learning your trade, keeping your mouth shut, being respectful, um, going out of your way for your brothers and sisters in that ring. And protecting them and doing your best to keep everybody safe and having fun in the process. Now, you know, coming along, did he always kind of want you to be a wrestler, or did he not, never really say that to you, or just something you said, I'm being a wrestler, and that's, that's it, I'm going for it? Yeah, I wouldn't be saying that to, to my, my old man, man. It was, uh, <laughs> he did not want me to break in the business. And I think the reasons why is because it's a hard, it was a hard life back then i mean it's not it's hard now but it, it's like i don't think he wanted me to be away from family and in a divorce situation and away from your kids if i chose to have kids um i think he had his best interest you know he's looking out for me his best interests but i wanted wrestling man and i also had um i had a few scholarship offers to play football in college I was visiting different schools, but to be honest with you, my grades weren't the very best, and barely graduated, you know what I mean, and it's like, I think he saw that, and he saw that, you know, the, the football opportunity had slipped, and he decided to break me in, but it was a complete surprise to me when I, when I, uh, that's a little story of how I broke in. He, I picked him up in the airport, and we lived about 45 minutes outside of the Dallas airport. And I picked him up, and this is when, you know, he was with Jim Crockett and doing good stuff, and they had an office in Dallas. They had still had an office in Charlotte. And um, he said, I know you want to get in this business, so I'm going to give you the, the 911, on, the 411 on everything, the info on everything uh, as, as best I can, and I'm going to have you drive to Amarillo tomorrow and referee your first match. And I'm like, all right, okay. So he gave me a 40-minute spiel of the business, and he told me to go to Champ Sporting Goods. I don't even know if they're still around. Give me a referee shirt, some pants, 
um, and get in the car and drive to Amarillo, which is about six hours from Dallas. In my little bitty pickup truck, while him and everybody else were on their private jets and, and flying into uh, Amarillo. So I did that. I was excited, man. I couldn't wait. And I got there to the building, and, and I know all the guys because I've hung around in the back of the dressing rooms and, and seen them and things. And Dad put me with two tag matches, both tag matches. And tag matches are hard to referee. Now, Tommy Young was still there, and he was like ringside with me during my two um, in-ring debut tag match referees, right? Just to make sure that nothing went wrong. And I did everything I was supposed to in, in this. So tag matches are difficult because you got to stay your your ass out of the way, and you have you know you have two other extra people there you got to contend with. And and uh, I did well on the first one, and then the second one was Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express, and I was like, man, I'm so pumped for this. This is awesome. It's a curtain sellout. Um. The building in Amarillo, the, the uh, Coliseum or Civic Center, whichever it was, I forget, was sold out. Here I am refereeing the Rock and Roll Express, the hottest babyface tag team on the planet and the most hated heel team on the planet. And it was, uh, it was very special. But I got through this match, get through this match, and I go down for the one, two, three, the finish. And I get up, and Tommy Young and the whole building is laughing. And I'm lifting both of their hands, right, uh, Robert and Ricky's uh, hands. And everybody is laughing in the building, and Tommy's looking at me. And I'm like, oh, God, I messed up. I did something wrong. What did I do? And he looks at me, and he points down to my crotch. He points <laughs> down to my crotch, and the whole building's laughing. So I'm, I just think I messed up real bad. And I look down, and nobody told me not to go by cotton pants they are not to go buy you know they wanted me to buy like some stretch pants right well i had caught full dockers cotton black pants and they had ripped from the belt loop in front all the way to the belt loop and back oh my god i had no drawers on my balls are hanging out <laughs> the whole building's laughing i'm embarrassed Everybody's laughing back at the curtain. You can see them. I get back there. I run back as fast as I possibly can because they just saw me in my birthday suit. And it was uh, that was my breaking into the business. And from that moment on, man, I just I was in love, and I could not wait to break in to actually break in and actually try my hand at entertaining. And it just one thing led to another, and and dad dad took me to or he sent me down to Skandar Akbar School in Dallas. And they had an old boxing ring. And I remember I broke in with Jackie Moore, Miss Texas. And it's us two and a couple of big boys. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember their names. But they had an old boxing ring, cinder blocks underneath it, no ropes, just taking bumps and mat wrestling. And finally, he sends me to Florida after about two months of training with Skandar. And I break in with my grandma, Steve Kern. And... $20 a night, working every night, driving, getting back at 19 years old, man, was just the time of my life. And uh, I did well. I did well. I listened. I listened to what my father said to me, you know, about listening and just keeping your mouth shut. And, and these heels, these veterans in the business would lead you to where you needed to be. 
And it did well, man. And then I got the call to uh, go to WCW or NWA at that time to team with um, Kendall. And I didn't want to go. I did not want to go from Florida. I was having that much fun. And I know I wasn't making shit for money, but I was fine. I was having fun. I was living in the office, you know. It, it was uh, it was great. And I went up there, and, you know, my career kind of took off. And I, I did the Texas Bronco thing with Cody. I mean, not Cody, um, Kendall Wyndham. Awesome. And at this point, as obviously you're eventually going to go when, when it becomes WCW, but obviously WWF, too, make a quick stop. And, and he's up there in WWF. Is that something where he's the one that wants to bring you in or Vince wants to bring you in for that, for that you know, brief little first run you have there? I'm not real sure, actually. Um, I never watched WWF programming a lot growing up. I always watched World Class and WCW, NWA stuff. Um, I knew who all these people were because I'd seen the WrestleManias because I always got those. And I knew Dad. And once once Dad started walk or working there, I, you know, I started watching and paying attention a little bit. And then I think uh, I think the, fir- the first stint was like was it um, was it the five minute match last five minutes with Ted DiBiase? Yes, I think so. And then it led into the tag match situation with me and Dad versus Virgil and and Ted, and that was a fun run, man. It really was. It was short lived, but it was yep. a extremely fun run. And I know Dad was wanting to get back to Florida to open up. I think it was called. PCW, uh, or P- PWF, or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, PWF. I went, yep. I went with him. I wanted to go with him, and Vince let me go. But I remember Dad told me a story years later that once I asked for my release with Vince, you know, Dad came back and he was talking to Vince, you know, because he knew Dad was going, and he said, "Dusty, you go down there, and you you uh, you let Dustin." do his thing, but I'm going to bring him back here and make him a star. And oh, wow. that, that dad told me that years later, I mean like 15 years later. So I never knew any of that, you know, and it was like, Oh wow. Well, I mean, I mean, Vince being the visionary and genius that he is, uh, knew something and he knew the writing on the wall and he knew that I was talented and, uh, you know, the rest is history. I love that. You know, he sees the talent in you. Obviously, Dusty sees the talent in you. But I love when you guys kind of, you know, you said PWF a little bit, go back to Florida. But when you come back to WCW, and obviously, you know, you team together at the Tokyo Dome in 92. But even a little bit further, as you kind of move along, and you're feuding with the stud stable, uh, Bunkhouse Buck and, and, right. and, and Colonel Parker. And then all of a sudden, Arn Anderson turns on you. Dusty comes back. I just love that. And, and the view never changes. That promo is just Unbelievable. If it's not the greatest promo of all time, it's one of them. You just talk a little bit about the view never changes. On Anderson is a, you know, a walk He's behind a walk her. behind her. A yes, walk behind her. Walk behind her. The view never changes, baby. The view never changes. And it, it was strong. It was great. I think, I believe it was in Macon, Georgia. And that crowd is electric. And this is when Dad, man, I mean, Dad is a promo guy, promo king of all promo kings. And and while he's talking, you know, and I come out to the ringside and get in the ring, and I got my cowboy hat on and everything, and he's talking, man, and the people are listening, and he pulls up his hand, they shut down, man. It's like it's like you're being preached a sermon. 
and it, it, it same thing for me, man. Listening to him, you get chill bumps. Thinking, you know, my God, my dad is asking me to be his partner, and the place is erupting. And you know, it's like what an honor to be able to say you could hit that. You know, to, to step in the ring with your father. That that to me is like unreal, man. And you know, it's like that promo plays over and over and over and you see it online constantly and people try, you know, they walk up to you and they start talking, like trying to mimic Dusty's voice and, and always quoting that promo, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, yep. like, it's incredible how much that promo was made an impact on the, on the wrestling industry and everybody's lives, you know, cause Dusty, let's face it. He wasn't a, a body Adonis, but he had more charisma in his pinky than most wrestlers ever will. And it was incredible to watch him perform and to watch him do what he did. And, man, he could work a crowd like nobody's business. And it was just, I miss him so, so much. And it's incredible how, you know, every day, you know, you're, I don't know, like when, when somebody passes, your loved one passes, man, and you're, you're, you're looking for them to come to you in a dream or, or be, to be touched somehow in your life. You know, you're always looking. And I never saw that since he passed until I heard about, um, I looked it up and, and I was in, you know, outside, out back, and I saw a cardinal come up. And I had read that cardinals are mean that, you know, a loved one is visiting you and is there. And immediately, man, I took that as, that's my dad. And he's saying, I'm here. I'm with you. I love you. You know, and the only time since his passing have I felt his presence was the other night at Double or Nothing. It was, I, it is unexplainable. Um, it is, it's tear jerking. It's emotional. But once they started chanting Dusty, it's like the whole crowd, everyone just disappeared. And I felt in such a zone, and I felt like Dad was right there in the rafters. He was right above us in the rafters, looking down, watching both of his sons create some magic. And we could have missed a thousand things in that match, which we didn't, and it wouldn't have mattered. The story was that everything, the cards had been dealt, and the stars aligned for that night, and it was just one of the most, it is, in my 31 years in the business, the most special moment I've ever had in, in our industry. It was that meaningful, and I knew he was there watching, and I knew that he had his hands on us, and he was protecting both of his boys. And, you know, when you look for it, sometimes you don't see it, but then it pops up like that, man, so powerful, and you remember it for, for the rest of your life. And it was there. He was there with us, man, and we, we, we all miss him. Uh, our family misses him to death, and we love him. And, and but we got to keep stepping and keep going through life and, and do what he taught us, and try to carry on the next generation and the next and the next, and, and make a better life for people in this world. It's so great that whole moment. I mean, it is goosebump wrenching. It is tear, you know, tear jerking. There's so much going on in that match, the blood, the sweat, the tears. I mean, you're bleeding like crazy. The crowd is nuts. Uh, a lot of people say it's your best match. Meltzer's saying five-star match. Obviously, Cody's saying what an epic match. 
everything, like you said, the stars aligned. It's one of the best matches, and I don't know how AEW can kind of top that kind of match and that kind of drama. But to be honest with you, man, that was one of those times that, you know, I'm lucky to be a part of it, uh, which which is like, oh, God, now what do we do? <laughs> For me personally. And <laughs> That's in our in our mentality. This is what we have to do. That was double or nothing was last week. Five for the fallen is in a month, and we got to step it up, and we got to we got to knock another home run. We got to knock it out of the park for the world to see, and, and make AEW something very very special, which it will be, which it will be, and it's growing, and it already has such a huge following, and it's it's going to be fun to watch. If I'm with them or if I'm not with them, it's going to be a a fun thing to watch. And Cody did the great homage to Dad, obviously with his own version of the View Never Changes promo. Basically, it it's setting up for a fight for the fallen with you and him teaming up again against the Young Bucks. Did you feel that emotion like he did back in '94? You know, was that um, the same kind of thing? I mean, because it felt like felt almost identical. Felt great. Let me tell you something about this, because I was young back then, and wasn't very emotional back then, but, you know, because I just didn't see it. But, I mean, double or nothing, that match, I, I was balling. I was balling, and then when he cut that promo and we just, we laid it all out there, it was the, it was the final cap, you know. It, it was the lid to, to, to it, and, and it sent it home. And it sent both of us over the edge. And, and, you know, Cody will tell you he wasn't crying, but when I was hugging him, his body's shaking and my body's shaking. We're both squalling like babies. The whole arena, you know, crying and just cheering. It's just a perfect moment, you know. It's a perfect moment. And I loved what he said. And it was. It took me back to when Dad cut that promo. And that's awesome. I think that was cool. We haven't seen or heard that promo in so long that, you know, Dusty's son said it in a different way to bring it home and make it emotional and to, to end it with a bang and, and did so very well. Cody's a talented motherfucker, man. He is mm. incredible. He is incredibly smart, intelligent. Um, he's got every bit of dad's like creative genius. Um, and I know he's going to do very well with what is given him with, with, with the task at hand. And it was, it was, Incredible, man. It, it really was. I mean, ah, dang, I'm still like a week later. It's just now kind of kind of easing off a little bit, but it's like, holy hell, man. I felt it for days and days, and I was I was hurting. And I had stitches, but my, my uh, knees were hurting. I got a shot in the knee after that. My shoulder was shot, and now it's loosened up. But it was like I could barely walk, and I had to do a, co- a couple of signings at Starcast and do that uh, inside the ropes with Kenny Mac. And I was like, I, I'm tired and I'm sore, but man, just to get get out there and to talk and and tell them my story of the night before what happened, you know, and just go through it emotionally in my mind. And I started crying again. I cried for a couple of days. It was tremendously special for me. Unbelievable. I love that the Young Bucks are now going to play the role of Terry Funk and, and Bunkhouse Buck. And, you know, the fact that you guys are, you know, teaming again and the Rhodes again and the Rhodes family. Just, it just kind of tied everything in perfectly. And, and, and obviously, you said 
felt dusty, you know, looking down upon you. What would he think about you guys in AEW? Would he just be, you know, just loving this and loving that? Not that so much a competition versus Vince, but so much that you guys are kind of doing your own thing and creating your own thing. I think number one, uh, Dad is is very very proud of both of his boys. I think he is especially proud of Cody and what Cody is doing right now and having the balls to say, you know what, I'm going to go out here and do something on my own and doing it, picking up the, the ball and running with it. And, of course, he's, I know he's proud of me for all that I've done over the years and, you know, continued success with being 50 and being able to go out there and perform still at, at a pretty high level. And, uh, you know, now us facing the, the Young Bucks, God dang, the whole, whole world's watching. And the Young Bucks are going to kill me. Jesus Christ. They're, so <laughs> They're going to be super kicking me to death, man. Oh, my God. But it's going to be a blast to be in there with Cody again as a tag team, you know, and do some of our, some of our old moves and some new ones that the world is going to love. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And I'm just curious with with you and your dad's relationship over the years. Did he like that Goldust character, or did he not like the Goldust character, or did he not? You know, what does he kind of think about that whole character? Never said anything bad about the Goldust character. Um, I was doing something on my own as well, and, and trying to fill. Because let's face it, nobody can wear my dad's shoes, and Cody can't. I can't. Our sisters can't. Nobody can. And there's one Dusty, and there's a he's our only father, and we can aspire to be just like him, but we cannot wear his shoes and walk where he's walked. We can only choose our path and go our own way, and I chose to go a different path with gold dust and try to set my mark and do something different because we love the business, and we're always trying to reinvent ourselves and, and stay um, – to have that longevity in our careers because of our passion, man. The passion is really strong for and the love for our business, man. It, it's great and strong in our family, like Jedi Knights. It's strong in our family. And I don't, I don't believe he disliked it, liked it, whatever. I don't know. He always told me he was proud of me, though, you know. He always said, man, you, you, you took something that could have been a disaster and you made it work much like he did with polka dots mm-hmm. and he yep. made it work and that's what we do that's what the Rhodes family stand for is, is taking whatever is given to us and you know just succeeding in it you know and taking chicken shit and making something good out of it yeah chicken salad into uh chicken shit so to speak just absolutely love the, yeah, the goldless character yep I love the Goldust character. I love that gimmick. It's so, I don't know, original, so different. It's so dark. It's so unique. Uh, it was such a cool character and so different for, for that era and, you know, really fit that attitude era for sure. Yeah, it, it was uh, definitely way before its time, and then it grew into something else and uh, different variations of the Goldust character. And at the beginning, the whole world hated it, um, the, you know, which was good, which means I was doing my job well. And then, uh, you know, years go by, and then here you are um, starting in 95, the Goldust character, and you get to 2019, and he's been around a while. And the people just have come to love the character and accept him as part of the family. 
and just really get behind him. So it's like I could go out and try to be a heel, and they're still going to cheer me. And I love being a heel. Heel's, heel's fun. Being a heel is fun. And it, but anymore, you don't see it as well anymore because they they like who they're going to like. And you can't you can't change their minds. It's very difficult to change their minds. If they don't like you to begin with, they're pretty much pretty much most likely going to either grow into liking you or just hate you forever. Right. And it's so interesting because you're such a good worker. And obviously the natural kind of, you know, played into that. Such a good worker could work with anybody just had awesome matches and so much great. But then it was the other side, the entertainment value where you throw the gold dust thing. And they're just like, wow, this guy has so much range in his character. It's crazy. And then even go a step further and do that electrocution angle and do that, you know, ooh, 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 that funny stuff, which Howard Stern used to play all the time. So, I mean, it just shows you the range that you could uh, pull off. Yeah, man, I've done some stuff that, uh, some crazy times, you know what I mean, with the Tourette's and all that, which was fun. It was fun. Do you think, you know, with, you know, your dad and and obviously you, do you think that wrestling came easier to you because, you know, you studied your dad and you watched your dad and you learned your dad? You know, do you think that, you know, like, like you say, you know, the natural, so to speak, but do you think that it was just easier to you just because he was your father and was in your blood? You know, I, like everybody, I struggle, but not as much. Uh, I, I was a natural athlete, and and uh, it did it did come easier to me. Uh, I was a lot smoother than a lot of people when they first break in the business. And not to take away from anything or anybody, or, or to put anybody down, but some some people when they break in, they're 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 like robots. I was mm-hmm. never like that, you know, and you're moving around and you're so stiff that you can't move somebody or work with somebody and it makes it very difficult and you have those situations. But I I've always I've always valued myself as being one of the smoothest wrestlers in the business. Much like a Randy Orton, because Randy is to me the smoothest motherfucker out there. He can I mean, he is smooth and it's it's a family thing. It's in the blood, man. You, you either have it or you don't, and I think our family has it. Oh, my God, yeah. Randy, definitely you, uh, probably a little bit more so to me anyway uh, than Randy as far as smoothness and being able to work with anybody in the ring. I mean, go back and watch the, the Rick Rude matches or Steve Austin or when he teamed with Steamboat or you teamed with Barry Windham. I mean, just – so smooth and so good. Even like you throw you in there with Barbarian, like you just, and I, you were just the perfect guy. You could adapt to anybody. Such a good worker. And I feel like uh, you did proud to the, to the Rhodes name. Uh, that's well, definitely for sure. Well, I think, you know, I had five main teachers. I really did. And, and I credit them and only them, not only them, but mainly them. And because I worked with them constantly. And that, that was Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Larry Zabisco, Barry Wyndham, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I worked with them so, so much, and they taught me so much. I mean, like, you, you take Steamboat, he can, t- he can teach you how to be a salesman. He can teach you how to make somebody in that first row believe that you're hurt. Arn Anderson is just the rough and tough man. He, he took care of business. Bobby Eaton was one of the smoothest cats I've ever worked, and just – details between, you know, with all these guys and Larry Zabisco and Barry. I wanted to mimic my style after Barry Windham's because he's tall, man, and he could work 
better than most guys today. And it was just incredible to watch them and learn from them and to be around them every single day, man. That that was the best learning experience I could ever hope for being in the pro wrestling industry. We had people back then. Everybody knew how to work. Everybody. Today, yep. it's changed a lot. You know, not everybody knows how to work. So you're out there pulling teeth and trying to pull stuff out of, out of the hat. And But back then, man, it was an opportunity for me, and I'm very blessed and glad that I came up in that era that I did because, fuck, man, I mean, they taught me so, so much. Now, as we head for the finish line here and we, we wrap things up, I just got to ask because, you know, you teamed with Dust in WCW, uh, TCW, uh, CCW over in Japan with Hustle and Zero One. Is there a favorite match that you had? together as far as teaming with uh, your father you know there's there's uh there's two um a lot of people would think that it might be him and i like with uh bibiase and virgil but it wasn't but one of them was the the match in japan with him with uh, uh kim duck and masa saito at the tokyo dome yep the the other one was the war games with us and the Nasty Boys. And then I had one more favorite that was me and and, uh, Dad versus Flair and Jeff Jarrett in Jacksonville, Florida. So those three were really, really special for me. Um, Yeah. Awesome. WCW Greed, one of the, you know, obviously the the last pay-per-view of WCW. I love that feud because, you know, you were starting to get that, that main event push that you deserved. Dust comes in, Flair comes in. Obviously, Jarrett's in the main event scene. It was it was the, the perfect way, and Dusty was so funny, uh, you know, calling Flair a horse's ass, and and you cutting just awesome promos. I mean, just so funny. So it's such great stuff. God, it was a blast, man. Every everything that I ever did with Pops was so so much fun. And I think our biggest, most special times was is outside of the business is when we would hunt together, and we would uh, it really we wouldn't really talk about the business, you know, we would just have fun and just, just enjoy each other's company. And it was, it was probably the best time, you know, I've always had with, with dad was our personal private time. That is, that, that is awesome. And, and, and that's the best. And that's kind of what it's all about. And thinking back, what do you think is, you know, the lasting legacy of not only you and, and your dad, but even Cody, the, the Rhodes family. What do you think is that, you know, that legacy of the Rhodes? The first thing that pops into my head is, you know, dad was a good father first. And, you know, uh, a good man, a good father. He always took care of his family. He loved his children, all of us, and would do anything for us. So I think the lasting legacy for us, and it's not necessarily in the wrestling business, but it's just that, he, he taught us how to be good people and, and good to one another and take care of our families. Family is very, very important in our family. And it's like love one another and take, take good care of each other, you know, um, and to do our very best in the, in the ring. And I think we do that. And I think we have made him proud and we will continue to make him proud um, that the, as we go on, you know, and, and Cody Cody attacks this new business venture, and, and I settle down my career and go off into something else, possibly or whatever. 
I think we've done him proud. And he would always say to me, man, keep stepping, keep stepping. That means just for, for him, that means me to work my program and to keep, to keep hustling and keep moving and just love your family and take care of each other. I love that. And in our interview with uh, Dusty, you know, obviously we talked a lot about Florida and Slayer and Terry Funk and those, you know, feuds and relationships. But the last thing he said to us was almost something kind of like funny. He was saying about he loved how he got to turn heel and join the NWO because he loved the fact that he got to drop the bionic elbow on Larry Zabisco. I just, I, for some reason, that just always pops me. I always think that's so funny. Like, he did literally, like, that was his thought process. I just want to drop the elbow on this guy. Yeah, to, to have him excited and passionate, you know, is, is special, man. And to see grins and happiness in his eyes, because towards the end of his life, man, it, there's nothing you could do to upset him. I mean, he was constantly a 110% positive person, man, and always there and, and loving life. And I, I could see that, you know, um, him wanting to drop the elbow because of the history with those two. And it, it, it's funny. It is funny. Yep. And good times, man. And I love that. I love him to be a heel. I love being heel. We all love being heels. It's it's fun. It's it's a blast to make somebody hate you. I just, uh, for some reason, I always think that's so funny that, like, that's what he kind of took out of it. I was like, oh, you joined the NWO. And he's like, no, I just wanted to drop the elbow on, on, uh, on, on Larry Zbysko. So it's just like the, uh, the the funny side of Dusty, the, the comedic side, you know, uh, a little bit different than, than, let's say, the American dream. You know, like you like said, that heel side almost of Dusty, very, very funny stuff. Yeah, you you could be a heel. That that could never be a heel, man. I mean, he's Dusty Rhodes. He, he could uh, join the NWO and the heel. And that is funny as hell that as you say that, you know, he just wanted to drop the elbow on where is this go? I mean, that's great because they had, they had some history. And it's just one of those things that makes him happy, you know? Absolutely. Now, as far as uh, plugs for yourself, you know, just uh, please, you know, let us know your social media, uh, you know, where you're going to be, uh, things like that, or maybe even your website where everybody can find you. Uh, RoadsDream.com is my website. And... Um, I have a few. I have several T-shirts and some more in the works on on there available. Also, um, Dustin Rhodes TX on Instagram and Dustin Rhodes on Twitter. And I, I put out uh, my my schedules and things like that on on Twitter. So just follow me and retweet and post as much as possible. I do appreciate it as always. And I don't know. Keep stepping. Awesome. It's been a total honor to get you on, especially for this tribute episode of your father. Just an absolute honor to get you on. You're one of the all-time greats, one of my all-time favorites. I just love the, the natural of gold dust, of pretty much anything you've done, even seven. I even love seven. So, uh, you know, I'm just a, a big fan of yours. And do you have any just parting words you want to say about the dream? Just anything, you know, a little, little maybe dustyism or something that you wanted to, you know, just a final saying you wanted to say? Pops, um, Pops always lived on the edge of a lightning bolt, and he said it a lot in his promos. He is the most incredible man I've ever met in my entire life, and just um, a great father, great friend, great man. And Dusty will always be remembered in, in our industry. And he's with all of us because he is the, he he was the common the common man. He was a a man of the people, and he talked to you, talked to you, 
you could feel him and feel his words constantly. He knew Dusty was talking to you specifically when he was looking at the TV. And those are lasting memories that that, that will never fade. And for me especially, he's been, you know, a, a great father and wonderful friend, and I love him and I miss him. And I'm glad that you guys are doing a, a tribute show. Uh, that that's that's pretty awesome, and I'm sure he would appreciate it. And he would yeah. always say, "Keep stepping, man." Awesome. Thank you so much. I, I mean, I appreciate all the time you gave us, and just an absolute honor to have you on. I mean, it's just obviously the perfect, most perfect get you can possibly get to talk about Dusty Rhodes would be you. So thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading. You keep playing where you shouldn't be playing. And you keep thinking that you'll never get burned. These boots are made for walking. And that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. WWE Stomping Grounds Pay-Per-View, streaming live on WWE Network, Sunday, June 23rd, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. As always, WWE Network is free for new subscribers. Are you ready, Boots? Start walking.